Welcome to a Heritage Christian Centre podcast. For more information, visit www.heritagecc.com.au. We hope this message blesses your life. What a great start to the morning. It's beautiful to see family. And I love that we can just bless our families, that we can have our little ones in church and that we can pray for them in such a, a beautiful manner. The, um, I'm just going to dive straight in. Let's dive straight in, hey. The scripture that I want to go with today is one that is very, very special to me. Sorry. is one that is really, really special to me. Right from when I was a Christian, a beginning Christian, when I first gave my heart to the Lord at the age of 14. And it's seen me through so many challenges. Every time I go through something, I think of this scripture and it gives me encouragement and it gives me hope to make it through and it gives me strength, encourages me to keep on pressing on and I pray that today it'll be an encouragement to you as well. So let's just pray for the word. Lord, we just thank you that your Holy Spirit is here. We thank you, Lord, that we don't have to strive or don't have to be anybody that we're not. And Father, right now we just set our our sights on you. We pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would just teach us what you want us to know. And Lord, as we look to you, Lord, I pray that this word would be an encouragement to those hearts who are weary, those that are tired, and those that are are struggling today. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said? Amen. Amen. So the scripture is a well-known one. And it's a beautiful one. It's in Isaiah 40, um, chapter 40, verses 29 to 31. And this is what it says. He gives, starting at 29, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. And here it comes. But, don't you love it when there's a but in the Bible, in the Bible verse? Because the whole verse turns. But those who hope or wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. What an incredible promise. You know, it doesn't matter what season of life you're actually in, whether you're a youth whether you're a young mother, whether you're a young family, whether you're an empty nester or whether you're a beautiful platinum, it doesn't matter what season of life you're in, we can all grow weary. We can all get tired. Weary from pressures, weary from expectations, those that people place on us but also that we place on ourselves. Weary from trying to just make ends meet day by day. Weary from the fight. If you're in the middle of a battle, you just can be grow weary from the fight. Weary from trying to keep it all together. You might be the glue in the, the sandwich of your family. You might be the jam in the middle. And you're just trying to keep it all together. It can be very tiring. You can grow weary. And our young people... You know, they need our prayers. 
There is so much pressure on our young people these days as they try to figure out who they are, what the truth is, who they're supposed to listen to and what they want to do with the rest of their lives. It's a lot of pressure there and they can grow weary. They need our prayers and we need to gather around them too. But, but... God gives us an amazing promise here that when we feel exhausted, when we feel weary, when we're tired of life, there's something we can do that everybody can do, whether you're lying in a hospital bed or whether you're running a marathon, whether you're teaching or whether you're working as a labourer somewhere or whatever you're doing, there is something that we can do to turn this whole uh, situation around from the youngest person to the oldest person. We can all do this. We can stop. We can wait on the Lord. And we can bring, he can bring a hope within us. We can hope in him. So we can stop and we can learn to wait. And that's what this message is all about. So if we were to look back in the backstory, and it's amazing how God puts things together because it's come through time and time already. But the backstory of this verse, I like to take a verse and then I look at the context in which it's given because that's just as important. And the backstory is exactly that. For the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, the Israelites have grown weary. They've grown weary and tired. They're exhausted. They've tried to do everything in their own Strength and uh, Hezekiah was one of the kings there that tried to bring them back, but they continued to do things in their own strength. They thought they could do it. They didn't need God. And because of that, they became extremely weary and it left them with absolutely nothing. Their land had been taken over. The people had been captured And they were to be led into captivity by, well, they were in captivity by the Babylonians. They had lost it all. And not only that, but the temple was in in ruins. There was injustice everywhere. And so for the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, Isaiah points this out, that they're just trying in their own strength. And then in this beautiful chapter, chapter 40, he turns the whole thing around to say, you know what, you may be weary, you may be exhausted, you may be tired, but there is hope. There is a promise that is for you. Our God has a future for you. There is salvation coming. And he says that to the people, that it's all is not lost. You know, sometimes we can be like that. We we think that we can make it through We've got it all together. We can make it through. Don't show anybody that you might have a weakness. Don't tell anybody that you're struggling with this particular thing because you have to show them that you have got it all together, that you're strong. But if we do that, then sometimes God makes, turns the situation around to show us how much we're missing and he, he leads us into a place where we need to wait on him because we have nothing left. Your strength will fail. It 
comes to an end, but his never does. I just want to um, share with you a little story about us. And it made me think of, I was in that place when we were believing for children and we were about six years in of an 11-year wait. We were about six years in and it was the very first Radiance conference in the church. It was about 2002, I believe, 2001, 2002, something like that. And um, it was the very first ladies' conference and I was fairly new to the church. We'd been here a couple, only a couple of years. And I went to this ladies' conference and I was really nervous about it because ladies talk. Women, we love to talk. And so we talk and we talk about everything. We cry, we talk about you know, life, the universe and everything. And particularly kids always seems to come up on the radar. Families come up on the radar. And at that stage, we'd been believing for about uh, five years or so. And I went to this ladies' conference nervously. And it was out at Kelly's Beach Resort and it was a sleepover. So I rocked up there and um, booked in and everything. And, of course, the conversation says, turns to, hey, Brenda, you know, are you guys, you know, going to start a family soon, rah, rah, rah. And I thought, yep, you've got a stock standard answer for that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, we're just, we're just building our career. You know, we're, we're working on our career, enjoying life. You know, we're going to travel a bit, do all that before, you know, any kids come along, it's fine, yeah. All right, okay, yeah, no worries. Most people are pretty satisfied with that. Not that it's any of their business, but anyway, (laughs) side issue. Anyway, um, it's yeah, yeah, and I sort of could escape it that way. Then I got into the worship service, and I'm sitting there worshipping, and I don't know if you've ever been in a service where it's like the heavens are brass and you just cannot seem to enter in and uh, feel the tangible presence of God or enter in. And I said to God, what is this? Why can't I enter in here? And he said, it's pride. You've got pride in your life. You've, you are trying to hide and you're, you're lying really to yourself and to others because of that. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's not good. <laughs> and he said, you know, you need to listen to me because I'm going to give you an opportunity to work through that. I thought, oh, even better. That's great. I said, no, 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 and I just kept on pressing on. Anyway, the speaker was Dawn Peel. I don't know if you know Dawn, Pastor Dawn Peel. She's a real go-getter, fiery woman of God. So she gets up. She does her message. All the time I'm struggling with this. And we get to the end, and she says... I feel in my spirit that there is someone here who's believing for children and I want to pray with you because God's going to do a breakthrough. And I just went, no, 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 no. No, that's for someone else. That is not for me. I am not going to do that because if I do that, it means that everyone's going to know everyone's going to be crying with me and feeling for me. Everyone's going to know. And God said, 
I'm talking to you. You need to do it. I'm like, no. And he said, yeah, you do. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm just going to sit here. No, no. We struggled for quite a bit. And eventually I said, okay, you're God. I'm not. We need to do this. So I went out the front and John prayed for me. And there were lots of tears and there was lots of hugs and there was lots of uh, people around that supported and things like that and prayed for it. And I can't say that, you know, it was this amazing change or anything like that, but my heart became lighter and the burden was lifted and I ended up going and sleeping in my cabin. The next morning I woke up and God said, I want you to, to read Psalm 113. And said, Psalm 113, I have no idea what that says. He said, I want you to read it. Psalm 113, read it, read it, read it, read it. Come on, read it. And I'm like, yeah, all right, okay, I'm reading. Okay. So I started reading from verse 1. And the very last verse of Psalm 113, out of all the Psalms in the Bible, in verse 9, it says, He settles the barren woman in her home as a happy mother to her children. Hallelujah. That's what it says. And when I woke up, when I read that, I started to cry. I said, God, you are so good. And we had another five-year wait. But that verse, whenever there was a bad report, whenever there was something that was negative, whenever there was someone who wanted to spew negativity on my life, whenever there was... Um, something that would set us back or there was discouragement, I'd come back to that verse. No, Lord, you gave me this verse. He settles the barren woman in her home. I'm going to be a joyful mother of children. I'm going to, you have promised this in my life and he would draw me back to that verse. But I had to get rid of myself first. I had to get rid of my pride that, that put it out to the world that I, was, I had it all together. And that's where the waiting starts. When we wait upon the Lord, we need to come with everything that is us, come to him honestly and openly and lay it at his feet. That's where the waiting starts. When we realise we can't do it in our own strength, when we have nothing left. So what does this word wait actually mean. Let's have a look. Have you ever waited in line for something for hours and you get to the front and they say, oh, I'm sorry, we're sold out. You're going to have to go back. Yeah, we'll, we'll, you've missed out this time. And you're like, no way. No, I've waited for hours. I want my glow stick at the carols. I want my thing. No, sorry, we're sold out. Nothing we can do. Maybe you've waited in line for a ride for two hours with the little one. You know, you've been the one that's had to stand there, take the step forward, take this. They get to the, sorry, we're closed. It's finished. It's over. You know, we whinge, we whine, we complain. But that is not the type of waiting that we're talking about here. In verse 27, it says, Why do you complain, O Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? 
Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow weary. He will not grow tired. And his understanding, no one can understand. The waiting that we're talking about is waiting on someone who never grows weary, who never gets tired. It's waiting on someone and drawing strength from an infathomable fathomable amount of strength. It's infinite and we can come and we can draw on that strength to become ours. So the word that, that is mentioned here in the original Hebrew is the word kava, kava, Q-A-V-A-H. It is an active word. It means waiting, but it means actively waiting. It means waiting with an expectation. Oh, oh, I can't wait, God, for you to do this in in this situation. Oh, I may be in this circumstance now, but I can't wait to see what you're going to do because you're an incredible God. I can't wait to see how this is going to turn out. I can't wait for your blessing to come upon my life. I can't wait to see what um, destiny you have and what future you have for me, young people. Awesome. It means to wait expectantly, to long for it in your heart. It means to be actively focused on Jesus, to put the phone away, to find a lonely and a quiet place and to be actively focused on Jesus and His promises and the Word and all the things that He has for your life. It's to hope for something, to look ahead. I, um, when I was at uni in Brisbane, there was a bunch of us and uh, we used to, you know, we were a youth group down there and... Um, one of the guys that we used to hang out with, his name was Matt. Bright red hair, he was a real ranger. And he was one of these people that everything fell into place. You know, he would be, we'd be driving, he'd be driving, we'd be in the car with him and um, he'd be driving and he might, you know, speed a little bit and the, the cop, the policeman would have the speed gun on him and he's like, oh, no, I'm done. And then he'd look at the speed gun and uh, and he's like, oh, it's not working. I got away with it again. Not a good idea, by the way. Not a good idea. But he was just one of those guys, you know, that everything sort of fell into place. Anyway, this particular day, we decided we were going to experience what it was like at the Boxing Day Maya Centre sales. Yeah, and so the experience was that there was hundreds and hundreds of people there and they would line up at the door on the outside, line up, and we were part of those hundreds and hundreds of people that were there. I wasn't there for particularly anything. I was just there for the experience. But he was there and he was like, you know what, I... I'm here because I, I really want to get an Adani suit. I think that's how you say it. An Adani suit, bottle green, in my size. Got my sight set on it. I know it's in there and it's mine. I want to get it. So he's champing at the bit. He said, you know what, when the doors open, 
I am just going to run to the, the men's section. I'm going to take off. So I'll see you guys at the end, at the back of the My Centre, on the way out. I'll see you guys there in about an hour. Yeah, no worries. All cool. Three, two, one, the doors fly open. Hundreds of people all trying to cram in through the door at the same time. And you just get caught in this sea of people going, yep, okay, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going, I'm going somewhere. Anyway, and we just, we all got caught in there. An hour later, we get to the other end and there comes Matt with the bag. And I'm like, are you serious? You got the suit? Like there was, there was like thousands of people, you know, it's, are you serious you got the suit? He goes, I got the suit. I said, how did you get the suit? He said, well, funny story. The door's open, I'm moving with the crowd and they're taking me wherever they want to take me. But there was this woman behind me who was pushing me to go faster, faster, faster. I don't know what she wanted, but she was pushing, pushing, pushing. And so I ended up pushing, getting pushed forward and I could feel myself about to fall. So I put my hand out to grab whatever I possibly can to steady myself and I grab it and fall to the floor. When I looked up, when the crowd had dispersed and I look up, in my hand is a green, bottle green Adani suit in my size and that's what's in the bag. I said, yeah, only you, Matt, only you. But, you know, that's how we should be, waiting expectantly, waiting for the promise of, that God's put into your heart to come to pass, waiting on a God that we know can strengthen us, waiting on him to fulfil those promises, waiting with that focus and that zeal to um, receive that. Romans um, 8.30, uh, yeah, I'll just keep going with that. When, um, so when we do find that place alone where we can wait on God, we're at that quiet place and we can focus away from the phone, away from everything, we can focus on him, three things can take place. The first one is that, or three things start to happen in our, our lives. The first one is that our strength is renewed. Have you ever sat back and watched an eagle as they take flight? It is the most beautiful and amazing thing I think I've ever seen. And if you Here's a little tip for you. If you go down to the basin, there's a couple of osprey down there or sea eagles that do that and you can sit and watch. But it's just absolutely incredible. I've got a little video clip of what of an eagle taking off. Um, so we might just... There's no sound to it. And I just want you to f- encapture that strength that the eagle has to fly above the storm and to effortlessly soar on those thermals with that perspective of a bird's eye view. 